game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Well, I've been slapping You already know what's going on right back at you. It's close to the wall. Justin Brown is your host today. That's me. I'm joined with Kayla Guillory, correct? Mm -hmm. And I have Kobe (laughs) Jackson, my wonderful co-host here this morning. Um, We have a great show for you today. We got some Bobcat baseball, Bobcat softball, track and field, Alyssa Wilson showing why she's an Olympic candidate. And we have NBA playoff drama, Ben Simmons drama, Kevin Durant drama, all the things you would love and want. But first, we're starting off with Bobcat baseball. And we saw a sweep over Little Rock Trojans, the first ever win the Bombcats have had conference-wise over Little Rock, and it was a blowout, baby. We saw a Saturday 30-4 to win, and we saw a win yesterday and a Friday win as well that came out pretty close. But, guys, I want to hear your thoughts on the series. I know you were producing one of those games, Kobe. What were your thoughts on that series? I mean, you know, we, we talk about this team so much and how they're just well-rounded and well-skilled. I mean, this defines it. You know, thirty runs, like 30, 30 to four. That's that's peace for itself. And we was so it was so good to the point where people who were coming in and pinch hitting and stuff also got their base hits. I think one player uh, like homered and stuff in the game too. Like this was this was a defining series for the Bobcats. I know we've been talking about them all year. How they just been just dominant. You know, in the series that they played in, I know obviously the Georgia Stone series we all recognize as their toughest matchup so far. But um, other than that, this is a great, great series sweep for them. I know we've had what is this like the third sweep in, of this of the season that they've had so far. So, I mean, greatness all around on this team. And you know, I got to shout out to Zeke Wood. I know everybody wants to, you know, obviously shout out the big players that came from Saturday and Sunday's game, but. I got to give credit to Zeke Wood on Friday's game because he was absolutely just dominating on the mound. I know giving up two runs is is not that big of a deal, but just to contain them after that, like, that's that's awesome. And I got great respect for this team. And this team is going places if they keep winning like this. Yeah, I was going to highlight Zeke Wood, too, when I read up um, the recap. He did absolutely amazing on the mound. Um, it just shows, like, the leader on that team because, you know, like, it starts on the mound. Oh, of so I think he definitely led the team well. And that 30-4, to four, I mean, that's not much you can say about it, but wow. <laughs> they're definitely they're having a great season. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what a better way to cap capitalize on a nine game winning streak the texas state baseball boys are on and i mean who could you not credit i mean there's this everyone on this team is doing great the rotation's doing good the bullpen's doing good we talked about zeke wood we got to talk about stivers tristan stivers one of our best closers he's very important to this team and we've seen some 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 situations where he may have been acting uncharacteristically um, on the mound and giving up some runs. We saw him give up, a, I think, a run in the eighth inning or seventh inning in that Friday game, and that was kind of uncharacteristic of him. But, you oh, know, yeah. to see them on a nine-game winning streak means something is working, right? right? Mm-hmm. Something is clicking, and, and it's definitely clicking on the baseball team, and we've seen that with this huge win. Is there any final comments on that? Just keep winning. You Just know? keep yeah. winning. Keep it right? up. Just yeah, like they're on a nine swimming, game. Swimming, but winning. Right? <laughs> um, and nine game winning streak, we would say that's just 
only describing one team, but not here at Texas State, nope. as the oh, Texas no. State softball girls on a nine-game win streak as well. Great performances by Sarah Vander- Vanderford, Kat Krennic, Sierra Trahan, Anna Jones, just great hitters, great players overall. Um, Kobe, what are your thoughts on the softball team so far? I It's crazy because in the beginning of the season, remember how we started off in the beginning seeing how you know they were you know, just not clicking on all cylinders yet. You know, consistency was kind of inconsistent. So I would have to say finally, (laughs) you know, finally back, you know, playing their game of softball finally. And like you said, Sarah Vanifer, Jessica Mullins been absolutely great this this past series. And I'm just I'm really glad they're finally back in like the winning stage, because like I said, we've been, you know, hard on them and stuff for this past few few games because of the level of inconsistency. But now they're finally got in the groove. And when you get a groove, it's tough to stop that groove. Right. So, uh, you know, great series. You know, great series for them. Another sweep for the Bobcats. I think, that, if I'm not saying this is probably their second sweep, I believe, of this of this season, I believe. I think so. Yeah, that so. sounds right. But they got another series coming up against Troy, another conference another conference opponent, and that'll be here in San Marcos. So let's see if maybe they can get another sweep under, under their belt. I like right. it. Yeah, I'm just happy that, like, once time went on, they got better. That's always mm-hmm. what you want to see, not the other way around. But um, also Jessica Mullins, Gray on the mound once again. I mean, it's just – I'm just happy that they're finally getting better, and I know this is going to help build them for the remainder of the season. Oh, of course. Yes, 100%. And uh, before we get into the next games for San Antonio uh, – for the for the softball team, I just wanted to mention the, the next game for the baseball team, and that's going to be on um, this Tuesday, April 26th. Texas State <coughs> baseball team is going to go to San Antonio UTSA at 6 p.m. We will not have coverage of that. I-35 rivalry. Yes, and we have on this upcoming weekend, April 29th through May 1st, Georgia's, I mean, South Alabama will be here at Texas State at San Marcos Ballpark at 6 p.m. The Friday that series will start off. But yes, with this softball team, consistency was something that we were talking about as an issue for this softball team. Oh, of course. They weren't really getting things going, and it seemed like this batting order wasn't working out. Something wasn't working right. Um, but this team has shown that Ricky Woodard's program of coaching is actually successful, and it's really impactful for this program here at Texas State. And we saw that series sweep, a game where Friday they won 2-0, Saturday they won 5-1, Sunday they run 11-1 and that's a run rule baby. So I mean what a beautiful thing to do. I mean they're able to score just like the baseball guys did with that 30-3 to run. Um, but yeah no it just, um, what an impactful team. Now that softball series I think I mentioned um, they're going to be playing um, this upcoming weekend, uh, April 29th through May 1st, here at home as well as the baseball boys. They'll be playing Troy, though, not South Alabama, and that'll be one of their final series. Their last series will be against UTA, and that'll be in Arlington May 5th through the 7th. But, yes, no, baseball and softball are looking hot, and they're looking to continue being hot for the remainder of the season, it seems like. Um, but one sport we have to transition to in one person we have to exonerate i have to say something i have to show you all some statistics that just blow your mind behind someone named Alyssa wilson Alyssa wilson is our hammer thrower here at texas state and she is for the track and field team and y'all have heard plenty about her probably i think y'all have and i just wanted to say that her previous hammer throw she just threw 
at Waco in Waco, Texas. It was a 73.2 meter hammer throw. That's the new school record. But here's some more history for you. It's the best in Texas state history. It's second farthest in our career. It's farther than the Olympic standard for the 2020 Olympics. It's second in track and field this year and sixth farthest in in the world this year. That is Alyssa Wilson, the Texas State Sunbelt Player of the Week. What are y'all's thoughts on her performance so far? And does she belong in the Olympics? Of course. That's not even a question. I mean, one thing, if you go look at her bio, all her accomplishments, it's like a whole page. I, she is just so talented. I um, mean, at this point, I feel like she's really competing against herself. Like, every time she competes, she's breaking something. Um, and so I definitely do think she deserves to be in the Olympics. It's not even, it's not even the, the discussion that she, you know, rightfully deserves to be involved in the Olympics. But, you know, it's the, keep in mind, you know, she's still in her college career, you know, so... <laughs> You know, you got to start start off slow and then you'll make it to the big times. You know, you just can't automatically go, hey, I'm going to go to the Olympics. No, you got to you got to work, work at it. You know, you got to train for the Olympics and stuff. And pre- I know this is I guess you could say this is part of her training. But, you know, but I mean, I had a great chance to interview her on the last podcast of Close to the Wall. And, you know, she's just focused. She's dialed in. She is all about you know, what she is doing. I know she was, uh, at one point, she was a discus thrower at one point, and now, you know, transitioning to hammer throwing. It's it's pretty, it's a, it's a tough transition because you got to learn different techniques and everything. So, but, I mean, she's breaking records back, like, back and forth once again. And, you know, they have one more meet. I believe track and field has one more meet week um, meet before they go to the Sunbelt Conference uh, Championships. So, uh, I mean, I won't be surprised if she breaks another record. I won't be surprised. <laughs> no, I feel like it would just be characteristic of her to break another record at this, um, you know, at this next meeting um, the track and field has. So it's just, it's just really cool to see that Texas State has success all around. It seems that their baseball yes, program is doing good softball programs doing good and track and field is doing well as well and, and we you got to give credit to dominic gancy as well Alyssa wilson is not the only person on this track and field team surprising or not oh we no talk about her a lot there's a lot mm-hmm. of other people on this program and we've talked to coach edgerton we've talked to other people around this track and field program and all of them have seemed to say positive things about this year's group and i i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in that sunbelt tournament for sure um but yeah, no, all of our Texas State boards have seemed to be doing pretty good. Um, any final thoughts on baseball, softball, track and field, anything for you all? Uh, come out. So their next uh, – so Texas State's – or the Bobcats' next trap meet is going to be in College Station at Texas A&M University. It's going to be at uh, – it's uh, alum, the alumni muster, so come out and support. If you all want to make that long travel, please feel free. We need some support. <laughs> Yes, and but now we will switch over to some national news, some across the river news, as it is the NBA playoff time. It's the first round, and we've seen a lot of first round series come to a close, and we've seen some get tied up. And one that was tied up yesterday, and I think you would have a lot to, to say about course. this, Kayla. It is the New Orleans Pelicans tied things up with the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker at home in Louisiana now it's 2-2 that series is going to Phoenix what are your thoughts on that one Kayla um I'm gonna be honest I only think it got this way because Devin Booker's out I mean I'm this guy to be honest in myself but I'm really proud of him you know Brandon Ingram's having 30 point games I think this is that was his third in the row last night um yeah but I don't want to get like too ahead of myself and say they're gonna win it I mean that's very that'd be very dramatic of me but I think they're playing well I think they're actually like playing as a team, and you see some people stepping out. Um, yeah, so I think 
If they keep playing like that, like did last night, I definitely think it gets to Game Seven. Oh yeah, no, no question. And like you said, I know Devin be, um, having Devin Booker being out is a big factor, yeah. but. I know if Isaiah was here, he would probably probably go off on J- Jonas Valanciunas, oh, yeah. who had 26 points and 15 rebounds last night. And then obviously Brandon Ingram uh, doing his thing, 30 points. But CJ McCollum had a very quiet night, 18 he points. Did, that's yeah. that's pretty quiet coming from him. Normally he has one of them big games where he just goes crazy. But, I mean, this Pelicans team, you know, for them being – in the play, the plan to where they are now being tied up with the team who made it to the finals last year, it's pretty, it's pretty good. You know, I think now the momentum has shifted to the Pelican side now. So, I mean, but they're going back to Phoenix for Game Five. But you never know what can happen. You know, Chris Paul can uh, can turn on the switch. But this is what's interesting is that you know when Chris Paul when he turns it on, he turns it on. You know, we clearly saw that in Game Three. But then game four, all of a sudden, he just didn't play like himself. So I'm wondering. Out to four yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering if there's like a consistent pattern that we're seeing with, with Chris Paul. You know, game one, he shows out. Game three, he shows out. So now I'm thinking maybe game five, he shows out. So we'll see what, what happens. Yeah. It's just, I feel like this Pelicans team, we saw yesterday's game, last night's game. Um, coaches asked, how are you going to stop Chris Paul in the fourth quarter? Because Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, he is what happens. He turns mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. a light switch. You'll catch him at that elbow jumper and it's splash, baby. And if it <laughs> ain't splash there he'll pass it out and make sure it's splash but i'm gonna tell you right now thing is is this the pelicans have someone that can turn it on and does not turn it off and that's brandon ingram and i watch him and at times i've seen him get buckets with two defenders on him, three defenders on him and he's looking like kevin durant i know many people are saying jason tatum is the second coming of kevin durant but i'd like to say brandon ingram has his foot in the door as well he has a little more inches of height and they're both similar players and but i think brandon ingram is really dominating right now and not getting enough recognition um he's been shooting it over people's heads another person that you have to give credit to is jose alvarado Oh my God! Yep. He is stealing that rock. You have to keep both hands on it around. Picked off Chris Paul, and he will. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he will make sure that you know you you your bad ball handling will be paid for. And um, so you know, definitely you got to worry about this Pelicans team. They have nothing to lose. They're playing with yeah. house money. That's why I love this Pelicans team. They came in there off the play, you know, the play in. No one's expecting them to win, and guess what? They're winning it. They're holding a team that was at the the, the championship last year against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're holding them to a fourth. They're at a fourth game right now going to a fifth one and you got to be excited i'm so excited for this pelicans team a small fran- small market team a small franchise which team, you're a fan of I'm, I'm a very big fan yeah. of and i will get i'll get into that if we have time my, my love for small franchise mm-hmm. teams but you know this series is very interesting yeah especially with the first year coach too yes yes Yes, and that was last night, and we also saw last night the Atlanta Hawks got a final. They got the game. They prevented the sweep against the Miami Heat. It was only a one-point win for Trey Young and his bunch, but I want to know what y'all's thoughts are on that. Is that just going to be an easy little finish for Miami, or is Atlanta have something left in the gun? It's Miami's going to. Miami's going to take it. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good no, but, Trae Young has, been one of, has had one of the most disappointing performances thus far in the playoffs. Like, he has played terrible. He scored nine? No. <laughs> and then, no, it's just he hasn't shown up. And, like, you're, you're the face of that team, and you can't – like, you're the star. Mm-hmm. And the star is not playing like a star. Mm-hmm. It's really been the bench. I mean, I know uh, – what's his name? Capella went out? Was that, yes. that's, yeah, mm-hmm. he went out. I know that was tough, but you ha- still have to go out there and play. And he just hasn't been doing that. So I think Miami's going to take it 
really easily. You know, it's it's crazy because when I look back at that series last year with uh, with the Atlanta Hawks and the 76ers, you really saw a different Trey Young than you're seeing this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like now the weight is on his shoulders and he can't get the weight off of him. That's what this is. That's what this series is feeling like. Since Capella's out, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, I know Collins is trying to carry his load, but you know, it's just not working. So it's it's crazy that one how, what a year a difference makes, as right. that saying is. This year, it's for some reason Trey Young. I just don't see. I just don't see him making it far. And um, I mean, I'm I'm for it's. It was really cool that they got far last year. You know, Eastern Conference Finals. That's pretty. That's pretty good. I gotta give it to them. But this year, they're just not gonna make it far. There's no one stopping Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo. This team, this Miami team, has is a force to be reckoned with in the East. And you know, so far, it, it, it from the way this is shaping up, they could maybe see Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals or possibly Finals again. You know, mm-hmm. if all possible. Yeah, I believe the Miami Heat are hot, and that's in their name, so you can't expect anything else from them. <laughs> um, but if we're keeping up with these four-game series right now, we have a lot of series that are 3-1 right now. And if you look at 3-1 statistics, unless your name is LBJ and you're on the Cavaliers, <laughs> you're not going to change that. So Miami's probably going to get that win over Atlanta. Philly's up 3-1 over Toronto. That's going to be a Pascal Siakam crying meme. They're going to lose. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has 32 on his jersey, and he'll probably drop 34 on your head. That's 3-1 series. He's probably going to end it on um, yep. 4-0. I mean 4-1. Boston Celtics versus Brooklyn Nets, the series that I need to get y'all's takes on. There's a lot of drama around it. Kevin Durant, many people not calling him clutch. Ben Simmons not coming back at all after saying he'll come into game four. Wakes up with back soreness. I say take an Advil. But, <laughs> um, you know, this Boston Celtics series, a lot of people here at KTSW say the Boston Celtics are going to win it all. Not talking about Jacob Aromi at all. or no. <laughs> but, um, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on this series? It's going to be a 4-0 sweep, y'all thinking? Or is Kevin Durant going to try and build something with his reputation here by trying to get a win? I can't. I, I don't think the Nets are going to go out with a sweep. I think they're going to win one. They have to. But, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Kevin Durant. I just don't like the heat he's getting. I understand he's not performing well. But it's really that, if you look at the team, it's Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And they have no one else. So, I mean, and it's really, like, unrealistic to think a player is going to be on every night. I mean, I know we're in the playoffs and, like, you really need to be. But it's not a two-man game. And so I just don't really understand the heat that he's getting. People are even talking about his time at Golden State. I was like, you can't do that. Like, look at look at his teammates. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's a whole different team. Yeah, it is. But um, kind of kind of relate to you a little bit. Um, you know, I always will keep say that Kevin Durant is one of, one of the best players in the NBA. I'm still gonna stand by that. But do you not realize if y'all really look at what game Game Three had or Game Three was going through? That remember when we talked about how the Boston Celtics were like number one deep had the number one defense in the NBA? Yeah. That just proved it. Oh yeah. Th- that really proved itself. Cause I have not seen KD been locked down like that in God knows how long. So for me to see that, and then obviously Kyrie Irving as well, you know, trying to do his thing. But, you know, like I said before, anything is unpredictable in the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially at this time of the year. So as far as this game goes, I won't be surprised if Boston wins, but I won't be surprised if KD has one of those performances where he is literally the, one of the greatest to ever do it. Well, 
See, there's a lot here going off of KD and what we expect to see in this game. Now, I'll tell you one thing, why he's getting the flame that he's getting. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, if you look at his previous previous playoff success, he was with two players named Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. And, the, you know, they are, and that was coming off of an OKC team with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Now, he got success over there, won those championships over there, and now this is an opportunity to see what he can do with one less star. He only has Kyrie Irving, not, not, not James Harden anymore. He's gone, right? right? So we're trying to see what he can do. Now, here's what it really comes down to. It doesn't come down to Kevin Durant really here, and the pressure shouldn't be on him. The pressure should be on Steve Nash. If you're Steve Nash, mm -hmm. you have two superstar players and you're learning how to run an offense you're going to have to learn how to run an offense that's not through their hands specifically because Every we've seen play. that yeah. defense really work. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to have to see is some Bruce Brown, some Goran Dragic, some Nicholas, Cla I mean, some Claxton. You're going to have some Blake Griffin in there. That's what you're going to need to get off the bench. That's Seth. What you're gonna, yeah, Seth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Seth Seth Curry. Curry, yes. You're not going to see Ben Simmons on there, but give it to all of them because <laughs> they're willing to show up and they don't, you know, they know how to take Advil. So, um, you know, we will definitely have a lot to look forward to that one. Um, now, the Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls, they're up 3-1. Uh, any thoughts on that series, guys? No, I think the Bucks got it. I mean, gotcha. yeah, it, this series is kind of writing itself. Gotcha, and really why am I talking about a 3-1 series that's going to be a sweep? I need to mention <laughs> this one right here, Memphis and Minnesota. 2-2 two -two series tied. Uh, Minnesota able to tie the series. If Isaiah was here, he would not be able to say anything about Carl Anthony Towns' 32-point performance. He went off from three in the paint. What are your thoughts on that series? Is it a Game 7 series? <sighs> what is it going to be? You know, I love I love that, that we got to talk about the Timberwolves because of our staff member Isaiah Gar uh, Gardner. <laughs> you know, I love the T Wolves. I like what they did when they played in the playing game. You know, and obviously Game One was the stunner that I think everybody was not expecting. I wasn't expecting it, but now this series is taking a different turn for I would say the best for the T Wolves. You know. And I think, honestly, adding Patrick, Patrick Beverly makes, has a spark in them defensively because Patrick Beverly can get inside your head, like, real quick, and he can, like, make you, you know, make you work for it. So, uh, like I said, this this Timberwolves team and, like you said, the Memphis Grizzlies, we all had hype for them this um, earlier in, earlier on in the, in the regular season. And now it's kind of showing, like, okay, the hype is kind of dying off now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, John Morant, he's doing all he could. You know, Steven Adams only he's been playing just like a little bit of minutes. I don't know. Like, I don't know if maybe it's because of injury. I don't know if maybe it's because they're limited on his minutes. I don't know what it could be. But he has always been a factor. And he's been a factor all, all season, if you look at it. But just for some reason in these playoffs, he's just kind of been, I don't know, kind of kind of yeah. low. So um, this series could go either way now that I'm looking at this because you can't stop when you when you get D'Angelo Russell hot you can't stop and then Anthony Edwards having a monster of a playoff series this this T-Wolves team is dialed in but you know if the Memphis Grizzlies got to bounce back they need to bounce back like now now's the time where you are like you have to show why you're the number two or number three you know team of the west yeah I mean I think it'll go to game seven but I think the Timberwolves will take it um, I just don't – I feel like Memphis's game, it's hot and cold. Like, they don't start hot. Like, they can't stay hot throughout the game. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing about the Timberwolves is that they can't keep a lead. It's like they mm -hmm. always – it always just gets chipped away. And, like, if you want to put these games away, you have to play defense and, like, keep that lead uh, – keep the lead up. Mm -hmm. But, like uh, Kobe said, it can go either way. But I just think it's going to tip in favor of the Timberwolves. Here's what I think. Now, I – 
as a basketball fan, as a basketball nerd, as someone that has loved basketball my whole <laughs> life, I will tell you one thing right now. It is a dream come true to watch a Memphis Grizzlies Timberwolves series. I could ask any NBA fan five years ago, two years ago, even a few months ago, maybe even a year ago, if they're under a rock, they would have never thought <laughs> they'd ever see a Memphis Grizzlies Minnesota Timberwolves series ever. It's a small market series. And by the way, this NBA playoffs right now, the most small market teams ever. We have Charlotte, uh, we sorry, no, I say Charlotte, New Orleans Pelicans. Yes. We got we have the Timberwolves and we got the yes. Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. No one ever expected these three teams no to playoffs. So right off the bat, there we go. This is a seven game series. And every NBA fan wants to see it go to seven games. And here's the reason why. Um, John Morant, he's going to, they're a young team. They can push in the paint. They can dunk on your head. That is true. They do give up some <laughs> leads. And that's where Minnesota can pick them up. But if you look at what Charles Barkley's saying on the NBA TNT show, and you're looking at what most people are saying about this Minnesota Timberwolves team, is there logistically IQ based to the dumbest basketball team ever. Oh yeah. They're they're playing they're great basketball players, but they're sloppy as crap. They're constantly running in out of plays. They're not playing proper defense. They're a sloppy team. And if you're trying to succeed on a championship level, you can't be sloppy like that. Someone's gonna take your take you know to make you pay for it. So um but no definitely this Timberwolves team has a lot to prove. Anthony Edwards out here taking every game as a statement. Um he scored twenty seven last time and then you know you see Carl Anthony Town dropping thirty two and it's just like are you kidding? This team looks like it's really hard to stop. Patrick Beverly style, you know, constantly pestering John Morant. Mm-hmm. And and that's who you want to pester John Morant, a veteran that can get in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Beverly, he's not necessarily a good scorer or anything as a basketball player. He's really just meant to get in your head <laughs> exactly. and trying mm-hmm. to get you fouled out. Mm-hmm. And that's what his job is. And it's working. And uh, a lot of, you know, NBA fans can get behind this Timberwolves team. They're a lower seed and we'd like to see upsets in the NBA. It's very common. So it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting series. I think it'll be a seven game series and I want it to go into Timberwolves favor. I love John Morant truthfully, but I think that whole team needs to learn how to lose first before they For become sure. good. Oh, for sure. You can lose and still keep your team together, build some chemistry, and go even harder next year. But I feel like Timberwolves have an opportunity to succeed over them mm-hmm. as much as the Pelicans have a chance over Devin Booker and the Suns now, you know, as much as I want to say. Um, but, you know, with, with that happening, you're taking Memphis Grizzlies out the number two seed, and that leaves the number one seed still in the, uh, and one seed in the Phoenix Suns going against the Pelicans, which is kind of risky. But you have the Golden State Warriors right now yeah. going against the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say they're on a 3-1 lead right now over the Nuggets who just got a, a got a win recently. But, um, you know, do you think the Warriors are going to just sweep that one out because the, the Nuggets have no point guard position? I think they will easily. I'm surprised they won that. Uh, last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was last night. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy they got a win. I hate seeing teams that get swept. I mean, but I just, I think Golden State is too powerful. They have Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph, and like, it's just too much. And Draymond, he's finally getting back to his pestering self. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just think, yeah, they're just too, they're too good right now. And uh, Denver Nuggets, they don't have people that can defend them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't just have Jokic guard. You can't have Jokic guard on a guard. Oh, He'll yeah. drive past him like, so like I think that happened a lot last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just doesn't work out. Like, you don't have good matchups. Yeah, I mean, this war the Warriors. To me, I thought honestly, Steph not starting was going to be kind of a big issue because mm-hmm. if you look at you know playoff history, Steph has started almost every playoff game with the exception of him being hurt. But him coming off the bench is actually really helpful because Jordan Poole, I hate to say it, but he's almost like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. It's and every on every possible aspect. You know, obviously the flashy passes will you know come in and on its own, but uh, you know, just his uh, ability to make shots and get the shots that he wants and stuff, it's been unreal. And obviously, you know, Clay Thompson being back in his playoff form once again, and then Draymond Green 
uh, you know, being back in his and for himself, you know, after uh, you know after a back injury, which is really hard to you know come back from. Um, it's it's crazy because you know at the beginning of the series, I was like, oh, maybe the maybe the Nuggets can give them a series because mm-hmm. of the way this is going. But no, I was completely wrong. So, but Jordan Poole has been absolutely great this past this playoffs. You know, the Nuggets. I know their win yesterday was huge. You know, Jokic going what thirty seven. That mm-hmm. night, yeah, I mean, he showed up, yeah. So, but now this series is going back to San Francisco, ends up at home for Golden State. So, uh, you never know. This this Warriors team, they can flip it on a switch. We've seen it in past past championship seasons that we've watched these Golden State Warriors succeed and triumph. The crowd just getting into it, chanting Warriors all the time. Like, they, the I think they're gonna finally prevail and they'll probably beat the Nuggets game five. A hundred percent. I think I agree with both y'all here. And I, I'd say that the Denver Nuggets are lacking pieces to win here. Uh, you know, you have Nikola Jokic. He could drop you 37 points, but you cannot give the ball to one man for a whole series all the time. Okay. Expect oh, yeah. it to work. It's not going to. They're going to bind, They're going to find a way to defend him to, and stop him defensively. So, you know, you're missing players like Jamal Murray. Oh, yeah. You know, you, that, that definitely, you know, had an on-ball presence and took a lot of that defensive attention. But right now, it's all in Nikola Jokic's hands, and it's going to not – it's not going to work out. The Warriors are such a good shooting team and they're such a good transitional team it's impossible to stop them and and and, and they'll shoot it and they'll do it at, at your home it doesn't matter they'll do it anywhere and Jordan Poole is definitely picking up on everything Steph Curry based he's looking like a mini Spider-Man out there <laughs> or, like a, or something I don't know a mini me of, of Steph Curry mm-hmm. and you know I, I love it. out the webs yeah of course yeah. and you know and Clay Thompson he's back if you're a Warriors fan it's a humongous increase from last season they're in the play oh, yeah. and you know Huge. humongous increase and many people didn't were sleeping on Golden State and they're here and they're trying to prove themselves as a worthy contender but y'all this was a great episode of Claws mm-hmm. to the Wall this was Justin Brown hosting today Isaiah Garner could not join us unfortunately today but I was joined with the wonderful Kayla Guillory and the Kobe Jackson ready to go to HEB for work but <laughs> um, yeah no, we're here chilling I hope you enjoy this episode like share everything you can do for it we'll be back here again on Thursday but yep thank y'all for listening